podcast of the Leeds Centre Vedante Studies. In this series of podcasts, Ruth Chester, a doctoral student at the Leeds Centre for Dante Studies, introduces key aspects of Dante's religious thought. An introduction to the theology of original sin. Original sin actually has two meanings in Catholic Christian doctrine. On the one hand, it refers to the first sin of the first man, Adam, which I'll tell you more about in a moment. And on the other, it refers to the state of corruption, which all humans are born into, as a result of that initial sin. Original sin, as an official defined doctrine within the Catholic tradition, took several centuries to formulate, although there was pretty strong evidence in the Bible to support the idea that after Adam's sin, subsequent humans were born with an inherent corruption. However, there are several interesting questions around original sin. What does it actually mean? What effect does it have on human behaviour? And also, perhaps most importantly, how does the coming of Jesus Christ in the Incarnation affect human original sin? The story of creation, as told in the first books of Genesis in the Old Testament, describes how God created the world and how he then created man out of clay and in his own image, that is, perfect and sinless. From man, Adam, he created woman, Eve. They lived in an earthly paradise, called in the book of Genesis, a paradise of pleasure, which contained everything they needed, and in which they were free to do whatever they wanted, except eat the fruit of one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Most of you probably know the story of how the serpent then tempted Eve into eating the fruit of that tree, promising her that it would open her eyes and make her and Adam gods. They were, of course, deceived and only became conscious of their shame. It's a story that is so familiar, at least in Western cultures, that it's easy to take the particulars of it for granted and gloss over the impact of the message. Adam is the first man the originator of the human race, and the magnitude of his sin, which is a sin of pride and disobedience, was understood to have brought death and corruption to all of subsequent mankind. Early discussions on original sin in the Church actually tend to focus not specifically on the tendency to sin, but on the fact that Adam's sin introduced physical corruption, that is, death, to humanity. Through Adam's sin, humanity is corrupted at its root, and the weakness incurred by that first sin is transmitted naturally throughout the human race. However, original sin does not mean that every subsequent human will automatically commit a sin. A central component of Christian belief is the acknowledgement of free will in human beings. Adam's sin was so terrible because he chose freely to bring death into the world, even though he had been warned that this would be the result of his actions. All subsequent humanity retains that freedom of choice in their own actions, even though they are condemned to death through original sin. Interestingly, this is a point at which Dante and one of the most influential of Christian theologians, St. Augustine, differ. Augustine argued that because of original sin, mankind had an automatic tendency towards evil and was ignorant of good. 
he believed in a fundamental corrupt state of man. Dante instead believed that original sin weakened humankind, giving the possibility but not the necessity for corruption. Dante considers this tendency towards corrupt love in Cantos 16 and 17 of the Purgatorio while maintaining that it doesn't happen out of necessity. Because the focus in the doctrine of original sin is on the natural inheritance of death rather than any necessitated inevitable sin, that is that the choice to sin is always down to the free will of the individual, then the way in which original sin is transmitted is through natural human procreation. This aspect of the doctrine gained significant ground in the early centuries of Christianity and led to a special reverence for asceticism, specifically virginity and celibacy. All these strands of the doctrine of original sin are brought together in the figure of Christ. Original sin and the necessary death which it incurs are the province of the pre-Christian era. What appears with the incarnation of Christ is the possibility of liberation from that original sin. The question is, of course, how? To answer that, we need to know something about the incarnation. An important feature of the incarnation, or more specifically the birth of Christ, is that he is not conceived by normal human procreation. His human birth is the result of a virgin conception. There is a specific doctrine of this itself, which is called the virgin birth or conception. Because Jesus is born outside of natural human procreation, he is not party to the inherited corruption of human nature. An important feature of the doctrine of Christ is that he is totally without sin. Therefore, everything which he suffers is for the sins of mankind and not for his own. And in his death on the cross, he redeems all human sins, including Adam's original sin. Christ, as God-man, was of sufficient status for his suffering to atone for all of mankind. Just as the sin of Adam, that is, the father of all humanity, had first infected all of mankind. This does not mean that all humans after Christ are born without original sin, but rather that in the coming of Christ, humanity is presented with the way to cleanse itself of that sin by following Christ, and specifically through Christian baptism. This last is actually really interesting for our study of Dante. You may remember that in the fourth canto of Inferno, Dante comes across the souls of unbaptized babies who have done no sin of their own, and very often the reader's response to this is, how is that fair? The doctrine of original sin goes some way at least to explain the reasoning behind this placement. When we consider original sin in relation to Dante, we obviously need to take into account several different factors that the effect of original sin is death, and that the release from original sin is life through Christ. That Christ's redemptive action was the only and necessary form of salvation for mankind. And that original sin does not take away human free will or responsibility. 
From Dante's point of view, human nature is offered redemption, but it remains very much the responsibility of the individual to respond to that offer. Original sin is not something that impinges on individual freedom, or that is an excuse for bad behaviour. For Dante, all of human action is viewed from the perspective of a final end, the last judgment, in which the actions of individuals in their lives will be judged by Christ. Human actions exist very much in the context of redemptive history, and in a sense, should be constantly in dialogue with their spiritual future. Original sin, then, is something that must be overcome in order to live up to that very future. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Leeds Centre for Dante Studies. If you'd like to find out more about the centre and its activities, please visit www.leeds.ac.uk slash italian.